Hello, hello, and welcome to Waffle Free Family Stories. It's Tina Constant here. This is the third in the series of conversations we have with people passionate about sharing, recording, creating, and building family and personal stories so future generations know what we got up to. <laughs> in this episode, I speak to Adrian Constant, who is my brother. We're keeping it in the family for this one. And uh, he is a filmmaker and director, producer, screenwriter, storyteller. And in this episode, we talk about the forget-me-not docs that uh, he creates helping people to record their family and personal stories digitally. He also talks about how you can do that yourself, uh, where to store your digital stories, how to share them so that if you get hit by a bus, <laughs> buses came up a lot, <laughs> uh, you'll know how to share it with future generations. Uh, he also talks about why who and not what is so important in a story and so much more. So uh, brew yourself a mug of something delicious, put your feet up and join us. I kicked off this conversation asking Adrian to give a little bit of his background and in particular why he's so interested in personal and family stories. <laughs> Enjoy, I'll see you inside. All right, well, I am a film, television and video producer. Um, hailing out of Canada, born in South Africa, a relative to yours truly. That, uh, that, that yeah. And um, <laughs> basically, I spend a lot of my time just creating and curating video content mm -hmm. for whoever needs it. So it's from filmmaking, actual movies to TV shows and TV series, docu-series, and to corporate and business videos. And a new avenue that we're starting to branch out into, into is sort of these legacy videos and uh, something that we've termed forget me not docs. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, it kind of has a good, it has a good ring to it. Yeah, it um, Just because the capabilities, the technical capabilities uh, of filming have made it now possible for the general public to be able to afford a personal professional documentary mm. um, for the sake of uh, being able to record your ancestors stories and being able to pass those stories on. And because technology has become affordable, we're now able to do this on yes. a personal level. And um, it's important to capture your family stories, you know, and this is some, important. Sorry. you got some history with this because you way back, the first the first recording you did it was dad mm -hmm. right yes yes it was yeah, yeah 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 what happened how did that trigger off well he was just he was visiting mm -hmm. he was uh, he had come here for my wedding and he was he was hanging out for the for for maybe a week or two after the wedding and um he just he has a lot of storytelling in him he likes to speak. He likes to, you know, share his ideas and share his his beliefs with the rest of the world. So I thought it would be really neat to be able to like put him in a chair and get him to write something that he wanted to say that he thought was important and then get him to say that thing. And I would film it, um, you know, so that with multiple camera angles, making it look really and sound really professional. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that and it was a wonderful experience. And it, it was such a wonderful gift to be able to give him something where he could now share this thing with the world that was a piece of him. Yeah. And so the spark kind of ignited that perhaps there was something here and perhaps I should do this also for other people. Mm -hmm. Then when my mother got, um, sick she got cancer and she was visiting also here uh, visiting me and it was likely to be one of her final visits she probably wasn't going to be tooting about after this very much mm -hmm. and I decided to record kind of her family her personal story her personal history yeah. um, because the way that the disease was progressing she wasn't going to be able to meet her grandchildren my kids you know yeah. So it became very important for me. This was going to be the way that I was going to introduce my kids to my mother and their grandmother. Mm -hmm. So I sat her in a chair and we filmed and I asked her a whole series of questions that was basically breaking down her entire family history and significant points along the way. And she told her story mm -hmm. ultimately. Now, 
you have the ability to edit that down into a really short, you know, beautiful little video. Or you could, you also have the ability to just have the question and let the person just answer the question. Because in, in that situation, you're getting all of their little intricacies that make them them. You're hearing their laugh. You're hearing the way that they pause. You're seeing them look off into space and just, you know, as they just wonder about something. And those are the ways that you really meet someone. Yeah. Like it's sort of like the gaps in between the times that they're speaking is where you really get to know a person's personality and you get to really see that with video and you get to hear them. You get to hear them laugh. You get to hear them speak. And a photo, my, my kids looking now at a photo of their grandmother will never be able to experience kind of who she was through that single image. Yes. So photo and video is just such a powerful tool for being able to carry on a legacy into the future. So with that in mind, I thought to myself, well, I really think, feel like this is a gift that we could give anyone. Like you let us come and, you know, and the idea being that we would run through a process that would record a person's history, record their story, and then they're able to pass that on for generations. Mm. Now, because of the way that we're managing digital assets, you can now put that in a cloud and when you yourself are getting ready to kick the bucket and pass away, you give the access to your kids and those digital assets can just get passed on and passed on and passed on. And you can imagine a future 150 years into the future where people are seeing and hearing their great, great, great grandparents speak to them. And imagine you can also give life lessons. Now it's not just a photograph. You can actually, you can actually think to yourself. And these are one of the questions that we ask people, what would you teach people based on your life? experience what would your what would a lesson be and some of the answers that we have received over time is that are really phenomenal and important things that people should always remember and if you had one lesson to teach your great 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 grandchildren what would it be and you can think about it and you can say well here's my lesson this is something that i've really learned and that piece of information is also so valuable mm. that I think there's something magical there. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, I love what you said just there, because in the last couple, I think, was it with, it was with Michelle, I think Natalie um, Pithers also, um, also talked about this. These are the, the two folk I talked to just before you in the whole mm -hmm. podcast of Family Stories. And uh, I don't know, it was Natalie who said one of the amazing things about building and gathering your family story is that um, one of the ways to trigger the story is that if, as you're going through your day and you're thinking you're tying your shoelaces, how might my relatives a hundred years ago have done this? I opened the fridge 150 years ago. How did my relatives handle food? That's right. So it's quite amazing as part of the, the process that you take. It's, you could almost do a video a day in the life of me. Mm -hmm. That's now, right. In, in 200 years time, people watch this video because this is what, this is how I cook eggs. <laughs> you that's, know what's going to happen in the future. That's exactly right. And, and in fact, when you are showcasing the human being, uh, one of the things you want to do is show them doing three or four of the things that they love to do. Yeah. And so if the individual that we're filming loves to bake, then we will go into the kitchen and we will film yeah. them doing some baking so that we have stuff to cut over their story. Mm -hmm. And but potentially you love golf. You can show them playing golf. And in that way, it is supposed to be a day in the life. Also, you're really supposed to get a, a beautiful sort of like encapsulated vignette of this human being's life. And I mean, that's the goal. That's the hope. Yes. Now you, cause you are based in Canada, but you have a way of doing this on a global global scale i say but hmm, if somebody around the world wants to work with you they actually can do this i'll be jumping the gun i mean normally i'd ask you this at the end but i, I want to cover it now what yeah, is your yeah. process if somebody's going to work with you to do uh to make one of these movies so we just have a system that we run every video through it's it's fairly systematic and and it's designed really to capture the essence of the human being and we run through uh, we can have any video human that is a pro proficient at the art of video making, um, go out and do the filming anywhere in the world. So we would be able to reach out wherever a human being was, we could reach out to a local video creator there. And then we would be able to get that video creator to go 
out to the to the person's place and do the filming and do the questions and we have the outlines and the questions and we have all the b-roll that we need to get mm -hmm. and so they have a list of things that they need to do and then they just upload that footage and send it to us and we execute the rest beautiful now in terms of the questions um i take it people can edit and decide what questions 100%. they wanted yeah so there'd be collaboration with the people yes. that you're working with yeah, so we, we do send the questions beforehand. We said these are the questions we're going to ask, think of other things. And some of them are very, uh, some of them are very just sort of rudimentary functional questions to, in, to understand the history of the person. Like, you know, so we do send them beforehand so that people have a chance to think about it. But like, you know, where did you go to primary? Where did you go to school? Give us a story about something that happened in school between the ages of this and this. So there's, there's some stuff where you're trying to capture the essence of the human, but there's also some stuff where you're like, where did you go to school? And, you know, and what was your teacher's name? And, you know, some of the really, really basic questions that are just interesting. Yeah. Okay. Bloody hell. All right. Now I'm seeing how this whole thing can shape out, but you're still going to get people who say, oh, I want to do this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and people can, right? So if yeah, somebody yeah. was going to do oh, yeah. uh, their own family stories, just on their own, on their iPhone, what would your advice be to them as a professional movie maker? What is your advice to them? Yeah, I would say just, I mean, really the thing is just to do it. And you should do it, no matter who you are. No, no matter whether you get a professional or anything, you should, you should constantly be thinking about recording your story for posterity, for the future, for those who are, you know, those who are kind of come after you. And you, could, you should think about how you're going to pass those on to the next generation. Um, but absolutely, you can do it with an iPhone. All you have to do is set up your phone. And I do this for my girls, actually. And I have all the professional video equipment. But what I will end up doing also is if I think of something that I think, do you know what? When they are 18, this is something valuable that they, they'll find value in this. Then I'll record it on my phone. I can just see this. I can see how you find <laughs> Oh, it's like there's footage for the 21st birthday. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and so then I'll I'll record that and then I'll throw it into a folder that I know I'm going to give to the girls at some stage. But you should also get yourself in front of the camera and record your own story for posterity. It's yeah. it is important. And then it's down there. And if you want to do a professional version, that is excellent. And the, there are always people there that are willing to do it. But we all have phones and video. We all have the capability of storing things in the cloud. You should do That's it. That's what I want to talk to you about, storage. Yeah. Because I know our family, we have a Google area set up. None of us know the password. You have sent it to us a thousand <laughs> times. So That's right. <laughs> it's what in the email. Be, what is the best way? <laughs> what is the best way? Considering remembering we are all very clumsy human beings who lose things mm -hmm. and forget things. If you are going to, as a family or as a person who wants to pass stuff on, if you're going to store digital stuff like this, what is the safest way to do it so mm -hmm. that when you hit the deck, people actually know it's there? Yeah. What do you well, what we did, and I think it's a pretty good way to do it, is to start a communal account. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it was the constant family at gmail.com. And I'm going to write that down. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> forgetting <laughs> yeah so the, the the problem is actually activating and starting to use it on a regular basis because the 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 truth is like because we're so busy you know opening up this additional account and then like throwing stuff into the account rather than just keeping it in your own account yeah. uh, it is a bit of a pain but that is one way to do it but the truth is you, every every human being moving forward is just going to need cloud storage your, your computer is going to die. Your mm. phone, your phone is going to go, end up in the garbage. Mm. Like a hard drive will fail. It's not, it's not if a hard drive will fail, it's when. It's, it's going to fail. Yes. So you really need to have things backed up in the cloud. That is just the way it is moving forward. And um, so I would say you can either do a communal account, and I bet you you could even do communal folders within the account. Yeah. So that's also another way of doing it that's really good. But having an organized cloud account with either G Suite with Google or with Dropbox or with OneDrive with Microsoft. These are important things, especially when you're trying to preserve your family's digital assets, right? Digital documents. 
True, because that's not, not just video. It could be um, photocopies and scans of birth certificates. That's right. Marriage certificates, everything. And anything can go in, in there. Yeah, and it, and it happened with us. One of our aunts would send us a newspaper article. And you'd get this random newspaper article and you're like, well, where do I put this? You know what I mean? It's in my email. It's, you know, but you, the, the, the truth is that if it's buried in one of your 20,000 emails, you just, you're not likely to find it again. Whereas if you have an allocated space for family archival stuff, yeah, you throw it in there, that could be a shared folder with you and the rest of your family and away you go so that everybody has access, right? And I suppose the way to really make sure you remember it there is to have two or three people, because you've got to be real. Not everybody is going to be on top of the whole family story all the time, right? That's just no. going to happen. So if you have at least two people who always know where that site is, who know the password, <laughs> who access it regularly, because yeah. uh, that means when you do make your, your video, whether you get a pro to do it or whether you do it yourself, when you get to editing, it's like, oh my goodness, you've got all of these photos and, and, and documents that you could scan in and edit in to make a That's much right. That's story. right. You know, that is your material right there. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can absolutely. Newspaper articles, photos, whatever you want. How, however deep you want to make it, you can. You, you're starting at a, at a point where you're just sitting in front of a camera and you're just telling your story. You're just talking through life moments and life events you're telling stories you're making jokes you're just being yourself and from there you can also add in photos you can add in b-roll of you doing you know the the four things that you love to do like you know and as you and you you can just go as deep as you want into a professional documentary until you show every aspect of the human yeah how how much do you want how much of your story do you want to tell how much detail do you want to give you know no, you have just, I just had an idea that is like, oh, this would be so cool. Now, picture this. I have recently just finished watching The Crown, right? Okay. A few people in that okay. come off not so well, <laughs> but let's not put that aside. But what I loved about it is showing this um, this dramatization of the royal family, mm -hmm. yada, yada. But within that, then they also put in clips of, of real historical events. Mm -hmm. Now, I bet you there must be public domain video recording of of what was happening in your town your country your city or the world at the time of your telling so oh. you can say i know right you see where i'm going yeah yeah yeah. this is what happened in my life especially if say people have lived through wars or stuff like mm -hmm. that it's like here's my story and here's the video clip of of really what was going on with everybody else to give context that's right. Oh, like you could, yeah, you, newspaper, newspaper articles. I mean, you could, if depending on how serious you want to get, yes, you could, you could find old news stories. Yeah. You could head and into the library and scan newspapers from that time if you really wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, That's really interesting. there are sites where there, cause of course now it's public domain stuff. You'd have to be careful yeah. to make sure that you're using public domain footage. Because uh, of newspapers and what have you, that's one thing. But a video, you need to make sure it's public domain. You know what? I, I think I've got a couple rattling around my head. Do you so, know any? If, if we put them in the show notes. Yeah, archive.org is probably the big one that I've used before. Archive.org. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's American and and it just it has a lot of it has a lot of public domain stuff. But I, just talking about the legality of things. It all depends on what you want to use the video for. If, oh, you, true. Yeah. if you want to put it on YouTube, if you want to make it public to the world, mm -hmm. you will need to, you know, you're not going to be able to use anything unless you have the right permission, unless it's public domains, mm -hmm. uh, you know, otherwise you'll get into trouble. Yeah. If it's for personal use, mm -hmm. like it's just going to sit in your family's drive mm -hmm. and only you will watch it personally. Well, then if you, you can cut anything you want into it and no one will, no one outside of your family will ever see it and it doesn't really matter. Could so you it depends. It depends. YouTube and have a private link. Um, I'm actually not sure, but yeah, you do run the you do run the risk. I'm not sure if if the YouTube you know spiders if they crawl the 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 text of your video whether it's private or not. I don't know if that makes a difference. Yeah, I have never encountered that. To be safe, it's always good to use stuff that you're allowed to use. Mm -hmm. um, but if it is just for personal use then and you're not going to put it on any public platform then you can do anything you want you yeah. can use any music you want you can use any video you want 
No, that's just it because for music, there's also a lot of public domain um, sites where you can get clips of music or of course you can make your own or you could get somebody to make music for you because that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. You work with music for the movies. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so so I mean, it, the options are there, but also there are subscriptions to platforms that give you like so much, so much, a very excellent music. Yeah. Um, and just a, just an, on an aside, we're in this strange space where um, because nothing ever gets thrown out, mm-hmm. and uh, people are continuing to create, mm-hmm. we have more and more and more stuff available to us to use like lots like there is it's it's not like when people are making new action movies when people are making new tv shows Mm -hmm. what used to happen because tv was this constant flow it was like a river and then it was here and then it was gone so you didn't have access it was just it would flow in front of you and then it would be gone into the ether and then maybe down the line you could like rent it at the video shop or you could like you know something along those lines but now everything that is created is available it stays it's here so and people continue to create at like crazy rates like with netflix and amazon plus uh, with amazon and apple plus and disney plus you know what i mean yeah the number of tv shows and movies that are you know in production yeah are non-stop and they are you know firing on all cylinders and they don't go anywhere so we have this huge bank that is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the same goes for music online. You go. So the price to use someone's piece of music that they've made, I mean, it's, it's not a lot of money that you're able to, you know, to be able to get access and be able to get the permission to use their music. I mean, it's pretty Yeah. The key is permission and making sure the artist is paid and doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. And there are sites that do that. So you just hop onto the site, you just pay for a subscription to the site you can download as much of the music as you need yeah. for whatever project you have. Yeah. Now it's interesting what you said there. You mentioned the the, the price of datas and data storage because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You will know this better than I. But um, Google Photos has been free for a long time, and now it's going to be not free, right? What's the story? <laughs> yes. Because you could land they yourself are, in some. They are snakes. Snaky. <laughs> okay. What's Man, that's upsetting. That's upsetting. It, it feels to me like they tricked the whole world. They were like, <laughs> take what, what's the most valuable thing that people have? What do people save when they're, when they, if they run into a burning house, yeah. what do they run and grab? Yeah. They go grab their family photos, right? They go grab the photo album. Yeah. So Google's like, Hey everybody store your photos with us for free. Right. And they've done it. Let's talk about like, let's talk about how long Google Photos has been, go, you know, running like this. They've been running like this for, you know, 15 years or 10 years or however long it's been. Google Photos has been around. It's been around a really long time so that people have so much of their photos and videos, family stuff in Google Photos. And now they turn around and they say, hey, guys, we're going to start charging for it. And oh. come on, guys. But come wait. on. Hang on, hang on. Let's Thanks. give them a little bit of a little bit of leeway, uh, unless I'm remembering wrong. Because I remember getting an email about it. Didn't they say that anything you put in your photo drive up until whatever twenty twenty whatever remains free? But yep. everything you put in after that, they're going to start charging for. I know, but uh, yes, but absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. That is better than that is better than the alternative of just charging for everything automatically. But like, it still feels. It still just feels, you know, like a kick in the junk. A little- you know? <laughs> You're like, in the junk, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the price, and I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what the price for, for the new Google Photos moving forward was going to be. But when I saw it, I thought it was very high. Oh, because I didn't even look. Yeah. So this is probably, it's worth it. It's worth a peek see. But um, I mean, it is what it is. I get it. They're providing a wonderful service yeah. and they are providing a wonderful service for free. And I totally get it. It just yeah. feels like they kind of enticed us in with this glorious, juicy deliciousness and uh, are now like, nana, 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 actually you are mine. And, and I suppose that the hurt feelings really come from the fact that you, that it feels like a maneuver 
feels like a corporate maneuver. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like let's lure them in for 10 years. Yeah. And then when we've got them, then they got nowhere to go. Yeah. And so it feels manipulative. And that's probably the, that's really the only place where I, I feel a bit sore about the whole thing. Because but it's I can't. Like, lesson. It is. Wherever you put your stuff. Yeah. Uh, anytime you're going to use, whether it is Facebook or anything where you're storing your data and it is for free, just because the person who said it's going to be free said it's free. That's right. They go and somebody else takes their place. They can easily turn around and say, no, we've changed. That's right. You you cannot rely on a corporate, uh, the, the rules and regulations that one corporate entity is following to stand the test of time if yeah. somebody new comes in in charge they will change the rules they could easily change the rules just at the drop of a hat and so you can't be like hey you said this would be free forever because yeah. if they're like no it's not free anymore then it's not free anymore and that's just what it is yeah. so on that note you should also have a local drive that's what i'm thinking that yeah that is that you have access to at all points at all times and so you are keeping things in the cloud and you also have this very special hard drive that every two to three years and listen hard drive space is becoming very very cheap yeah you know and every two to three years you take that drive and you put it onto a new drive yeah. you know and yeah. and even drives fail and there you, there are ways for you to take it to someone i've had many drives fail on me before take them to the to the to the special hard drive gurus and they will plug it and they will plug it in and they will put it onto a new drive for me so it, it's very seldom that something is gone and then it's like if the drive fails that you won't be able to get it back but you should very carefully and very lovingly yeah. like as if you were taking your photos and putting them into a new album should mm -hmm. be storing everything on a local drive as well there you go. Yeah, because there's not only the question of the price there might be suddenly a price tag but an entire platform could just disappear I mean, Dropbox could say we're out of business. That's not going to happen, people. That's not going to happen. But wherever you store your stuff could just go. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Ah. That's right. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So you, it, it, you just got to, you know, be smart, be diligent, yeah. and uh, do the right thing. And that is to store all your family stuff in the cloud and on a local drive. And on a local drive. And not, not on a computer internal hard drive. Ah, okay, that's important. So it is important. Cloud, stored in a separate drive, yep. not on a computer hard drive. Why? Well, that computer hard drive is going to go. That computer is going to go but when you, you upgrade you the your computer. Yeah, you, then you might forget and not download a. Yeah, problem. yeah. It's it's I, easier. It's easier if you have an external hard drive. You know, you take you take a big sticker and yes. you put on it, family, family. drive. Yes. And then okay. everything goes into that. And that is, then you know that everything, it not only has a, a digital space, but it also has like a physical space in your mind. This is the place where all the family documents and all the photos and all the videos go on this drive. Weddings, birthdays, da, 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 all the things, right? All right. Now, let me tell you where there is now a point of great pain in my heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything is on your internal drive. No, no. Yes, but no, <laughs> true, and and in the cloud. But before the cloud came along, I had this computer, uh, 10 years worth of photos. Now I'm talking photos from three years of motorhoming around the States and oh, births no. and, I mean, wedding photos, okay, all on this computer. And we got a virus. And I got this expert coming in, he took my computer. Oh, okay, he's gonna fix this, I'm gonna fix that. He cleaned off the virus. He deleted every photo, every single photo on that machine, gone, gone, gone. Never, the look on his face when I kind of, where are my photos? Was like, he did like, no, nothing. Oh, well, mistakes happen. <gasps> yeah oh my goodness oh, that no, is right that i'd clean forgotten about thank you for returning that pain to me <laughs> that, <laughs> that's like a that's hole. like a legitimate tragedy in your life it really was i blocked it out until you reminded me of it you know seriously i'm going to send you something in the mail now yeah <laughs> beware when you open it yeah yeah something <laughs> horrible's coming your way but you're quite right that all needed to be on a separate drive yeah i've just let me let me just let me just show you something quickly
Okay. So I'll just show you something with my with with the computer and I'll and I'll talk, you know, with my camera and I'll talk through it so that people okay. can see. I'm just pointing my I'm pointing my camera oh, down. So these are two laptops that I'm showing Tina right now that are on the floor yeah. that my children play with. Uh -huh. And at some stage, those were mine and my wife's, you know, most valuable our central computer hub that we used yeah. to do everything on. Yeah. And now it's on the floor. Yeah. And it's Juice and, is gonna get spilt on that. <laughs> well, absolutely. And and it's just it's just for funsies. But yep. and what you what you end up doing is actually the safe one of the safest things you can do is to you actually keep nothing on your computer. Yes, you probably. only keep your applications and your programs on your computer. And everything else that needs to be stored long term is either on an external drive or and it's on an external drive and it's in the cloud. And that's the way that we operate with all of our video footage, our mm -hmm. film footage, TV show footage. It goes onto a local drive because you need it to be on a local drive because that's what you're going to be editing off of. And you need to have that high speed. Yeah. And once all the raw data has been, while that is being processed, it is also being uploaded to the cloud so that we have every single piece of video information is also up in the cloud. So actually, I mean, for us, data storage is very important. And once we generate a huge project with all the different digital pieces that we are using to build that project mm -hmm. after as soon as it's done on the local drive it goes into the cloud where it can safely live but it's going to live in the cloud and it's going to live on the local hard drive mm. it's a must it is and actually the thought the thought that came to mind is i think businesses are becoming savvy to this because mm -hmm. i know that if i am formatting a book i might do it on my computer but there are two or three applications I use that are actually embedded on the websites of the people who built them. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. I go and build my book, I store it in their account on their website. Mm -hmm. I would download a copy if I wanted to onto my machine and then into my cloud, but the actual work is done on their environment and it's safe. So even if my cloud blew up and my computer blew up, I would still go to their website and their stuff would be there. And so I think individual companies are coming smart with this and the the fee of using their software the data is included in that fee i guess the data storage but it's yeah. safe it is safe but like you said before they the business could always the business could always go under yeah you know yeah. like they are paying to they are paying storage service in order to store stuff on their server yeah. and if the business was ever like uh do you know what let's try something else and that that could easily go away you know and and it happened to us we had two movies that we had two films that um were available to were, were available to the public pause Pausing. i'm gonna go get jack don't okay. forget where you're at this happens this is like the, listen folks just be ex expected jack is gonna just just shush. <laughs> jack. you you gotta take if you're taking Tina constant, you got to take her with her dogs because she's got uh, like 27 of them. I don't know how many she has. Hey. Oh, you can hear me. <laughs> this little vandal dog. Every single, I think bar one. I think Natalie's show, he didn't, no, it was. It was Natalie's show, he didn't make an appearance. But he literally, he sits there, he makes a noise. Now that he said hello, he'll be quiet. He, he wants to be a, uh, you know, he wants to be a superstar. Ah, he's a spoiled brat, but he's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's lovely. All right, now he'll go to sleep. <laughs> he just needs so, to say hello. You know, that's it. Okay, so carry on. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted. Um, yeah, so, so we, we had the situation where we had someone managing our digital assets uh, you know, and they're managing them in a cloud basis. You know, it's it's going from th these guys were an aggregator. So basically what that is, once you've completed a film and you want to get it distributed, you can distribute it on a, a number of different platforms and they can add pricing. And some of the platforms will deal with you directly like Amazon, but some of the platforms will not deal with you directly like Google Play. They You have to go through an aggregator. And it just, it smooths out the process for Google Play so that, which is now transitioning into YouTube only. Mm -hmm. Um uh, it, it just makes it easier and simpler for them because they don't have to be like, oh, this is wrong to re-export this. Oh, this is incorrect. Do this. So they let another company handle all the like, do it again. There's a black frame here. The audio is too low here. This is a problem, you know, mm -hmm. and then 
they'll take it from the aggregator. So we had an aggregator that had helped us get onto a, a whole bunch of different platforms. And it cost a fair amount of money to get it onto these platforms. You're talking like upwards of, you know, close to a thousand dollars to get it on iTunes, mm -hmm. um, Canadian dollars to get it on just, just to have your film on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And the idea being that it's a once off cost that you're then going to just be able to maintain. And you're just going to be, you're going to pay for maintenance mm -hmm. once a year for them to like, do nothing. I don't know what they do with maintenance. Maybe you can change once a year, you can change a poster if you want to, or change a blurb or do something along those lines. But the company reached out to us and said, you know, we're closing this arm of our business. So your movies are no longer available on any of the platforms. And the, the problem, the problem with that is, and it's, I get it. If a business is not making money, you know, they got to stop. I, I get it. But the problem is when we enter the contract initially, the idea is that this is a once-off fee that we're going to pay. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of money for independent filmmaker to be able to put forward on the budget of a movie yeah. to be able to now have access to these platforms, to put your content on these platforms, to try and recoup your own costs, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, for this one movie, for all the platforms that we're looking, we're, we're going to pay $3,000 to mm -hmm. put it on all the platforms we want to put it on. And then they come back a year and a half, two years later, and they say, oh, by the way, yeah. we're out. And you said, well, I paid you that once or fee. And the idea was not that you would be out in a year to two years. You know, the idea was that it would be in perpetuity. You know, you weren't going anywhere. So I say you have to keep as much control of your digital content as you can. Mm -hmm. Any company that you're paying, to store all your stuff, yeah. you just have to be weary because yeah. they can change their policies at any point. So you should always, always have your stuff on local drives mm -hmm. and your own and your own cloud platform. But the policies in your own cloud platform could change as well. Mm -hmm. The pricing could change. All of a sudden, you know, there's a shortage in some chemical that they use to make hard drives. And all of us, you know, Google, sorry, my internet is a bit, is a bit scratchy, scratchy there, but all of a sudden Google's like, we can't keep up with the server demand. We can't keep up, keep up with the hard drive demand. So the price of, you know, Google cloud storage is going to rise and it's going to rise across the board. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, now all of a sudden you're in this situation where maybe you need, you just need to have access to your own digital information and you need to have it on a local drive. It's important. So especially if you are doing something that you intend to pass on generation after generation. Yeah. Because you don't because you could be lumbering the next generation with a price of digital storage that we can't imagine now. Who knows what's going to happen yeah. in the future, you know? That's right. You don't know. And th the truth is that all of the hard drives that I have sitting on my desk right now, they they they're spinning drives. So they are actually they actually um, there's actually components in them that move. Whereas the future of hard drives is a lot more stable. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be solid state hard drives. So it's going to function more in the way that a USB key functions where there are no moving parts. Mm. And when there are no moving parts, I mean, as the technology gets better, these hard drives are going to last longer and longer and longer. Yeah. And soon you'll be able to, you know, you might be handing off a, like a, 20 terabyte USB key when you die to like all your family members get a copy of your, your giant USB key, but it's all provided you have access to your information. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that you're able to hand that over. But the other point to make is to think about people in the future, people in the future getting your stuff and actually perhaps keeping the device that can play it give you an example that mm. tape. yes remember that there was an a normal old audio tape i don't even know cassette tape right cassette tape anybody yeah. born before what 1980 <laughs> will know what a That's cassette right. tape is right <laughs> yeah 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 and um and we we have a few of those and i think our younger sister tanya she Found she had this cassette tape of mm -hmm. a recording with me and my two sisters and my dad just just being ridiculous it was a letter instead of writing a letter to my grandparents my dad thought it'd be a cool thing to actually make this cassette tape mm -hmm. but um then when we found this pure gold i for one have nothing on which to play a cassette tape nothing zero 
absolutely nothing. It would be a huge big rigmarole of craziness to get the sound off of that into a digital format that we could then share. It took effort. And so mm -hmm. I suppose if you are going to have something that you think the, the play mechanism might become obsolete, mm -hmm. you have in your garage um, a, 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 a VHS mm -hmm. player. <laughs> Again, if you're born before 1980, <laughs> you're gonna know what that is. Yeah, so to totally. Have that you know, so it's all very well if stuff is going to be on USB, if stuff's going to be on the cloud. But you have, if you have something now that is in a format that perhaps even now is difficult to play, mm -hmm. get the device that can play that thing and store it together, so that when you do pass it on, you, it doesn't end up being thrown away because people don't know how to get the information off of it. Yeah, I, but I would say you definitely should digitize that. Or you because, can digitize it, yes. Well, you, you should digitize it because I'll tell you what happens to tapes and to tape players is they that, will. that's right. And you know what, the, the, and the tape, the tape will eventually, you know, the magnetism of the tape, it's just, it, it yeah. fades over time. Once it's digital. You've got it. It's digital. Yeah. Right? Now we did manage that. We did manage that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now it's just like, where are you going to store it and how are you going to store it? And those are the well, questions. Right now, I have created a little family podcast channel <laughs> sitting right next to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that recording is in there. So, But that is another example. If I were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, other than the fact that you and I have talked about this and I've sent the link to people, nobody would know how to access that. That's right. And passwords into my, my podcast account. That's right. And also if, if you were to stop paying, like, cause you, once, if, yes. if you were, if you were vanished, you would stop paying and then your account gets closed and it would disappear. That Whoa. the company that you run your podcast through, they are not going to hold on to that. No, they're not. Oh, okay. Now you make me paranoid. First of all, I'm going to look out for buses. <laughs> Very important. Don't get hit by a bus. Don't get hit by a bus. Second, I'm going to, I am going to get this, get the recording MP3 style and load it into the Gmail account, which I'm going to remember the password of magically. <laughs> no, you're going to tell me the password after our chat. Well, <laughs> Send it to me. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will. I will. Because no, I... I I'll have to look it up because I, to be, to be honest, I haven't used that account myself. I have uh, like, I just set it up yep. as a sort of a trial trial thing. But I think the truth is that now that we talk through it, yeah. I think that maybe one of the best ways to do it is a shared folder in your current, you know, in your current Google account. Oh, no, that makes you know I mean? sense. Yes. Because so than, you're going to give, give full edit access to everybody. That's right. So a you, real easy thing to... That's and another it, way of doing it. That's a good that way is, to do it. Yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not having to hop into a new account every time you want to upload or download something. You can just be in your account with a shared folder. There you go. And if I do get hit by a bus, this is if I get hit by a bus, I'm going to have words. You're going <laughs> to be mad. Have a very big opinion about that. But if I've created the share folder with yeah. everybody else, just because something shocking has happened to me, people can still access that That's stuff right. because it is still shared and my Google account stays my Google account forever, right? Yeah. Forever. It, well, it does unless Google changes its policies and yes. it starts starts charging people and you never know. So what are you doing? You're putting it on a local storage device. Are you putting, okay, bottom line, people, we're coming back to that always, a shared cloud area that other people can access and a local storage device that people Important. That's oh. right. Because <laughs> this is precious stuff. <sighs> All right. Okay. Oh, what else do we want to know? Okay. From your uh, movie making and filming um, experience, if you are dealing with somebody who has a big story to tell mm -hmm. and isn't just about a family or, or their own personal story, but they want to include their business, mm -hmm. how can they go about that? Because you've done one of these, didn't you? It was a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. That's tell right. us a little bit how that came about. Yeah, so it was just a sort of 60th anniversary for this particular pharmacy. And the, the, the person who started this pharmacy, his name is John Sinclair, and he started Sinclair's Pharmacy. And where I live in Canada, there's a small town called Stratford uh, in Ontario. And it's kind of like, a, it's, it's been around for 60 years, which is a long time. And it's not an easy thing. And, you know, the initial photos of this pharmacy are all in black and white. And 
you know, there's some serious history and the, the legacy that he has created in this pharmacy and in the corner of this, you know, in the small town, everybody knows the pharmacy, everybody knows of the pharmacy. It's an important historical, it's not only like this thing that he did, but it's also important historically to the town and the identity of the town. Now, John Sinclair is getting older. He's now moving into his 90s. And so as as kind of a as a gift for his for his 60th anniversary, we we just went and filmed him telling the story of how the business came about and how the business, you know, how he's decided when he decided to start the business and what were some of the trials and that he's faced in having this business and running the business, the Sinclair Pharmacy. And we just filmed it and we got a wonderful story. Yeah. And the truth is that the ideology of the business is surrounding service and it's about knowing the name and caring about the people that walk through the doors of this pharmacy and they still have that they still lean on that identity today and they that is still part of who Sinclair Pharmacy is and when you hear him talk about it you see where it comes from and it's just a beautiful thing to, to see how much he cares about this business and his story, him and his wife, because she was part of the business for many, many oh. years. They would, they did it together, you know, mm-hmm. and then to see Sinclair's pharmacies today and to see the people who are, you know, earning money in this pharmacy that he once started. And it, it I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. It, it's really fantastic. And uh, we, we made it, what I think is to be a, a very emotional wonderful story of this man and his business and certainly the people who work in the business there was the sense of uh, gratitude and wonder because the business becomes you just it becomes a little bit more than just this place where you have to go and punch a time clock every day when you you know you you see the heart of the business you feel who what the business is and who the people are behind the business and it makes people it, it makes it matter just that little bit more yeah. and when it's a family business like that and people who work there are working there for 10 20 30 years that's yeah, right it's, it's a big thing am i remembering right is this the one there that there was a fire and literally the next day they were open again is that part of the story yeah that well yes he did there was a fire and the fire did burn the building down and there was a lot of you know, there was a lot of maneuvering that yeah. needed to happen in order for him to this. I, I, and I, I might be misremembering, but it was like in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. You know, pharmacy burned down and they people still need their medication mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So there was a lot of like teamwork and team effort that had to happen in order for him to like get up and running again. And they did it in kind of record time. It was yeah. kind of unbelievable. Yeah. how fast so, they were able to do it yeah. yeah so you've got you you're happy for me to put a link to that because I, I just love it it's just it, oh. it does. I, I think when you said in the very beginning that when you watch a video like that and you can see the expression and the passion and it's almost like him talking about the business and the wife at one point almost rolling her eyes like oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know that story <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can see the relationship between the two of them that's and, right and their joy and their passion and oh, it's beautiful it is lovely it's, it's beautifully done Thank you very much. It, video gives you this wonderful access to another human being that you can be, you can be as far as you, as far as we are right now, you know, yeah. and you can see me talk. The camera could be right in my face and like seeing every facial gesture that I have. The camera can be anywhere. And it's really a powerful tool in being able to introduce people to the world at large. And as, as we're seeing, as the whole world slowly becomes like, we're just be, being engulfed by cameras and audio visual stuff and the internet. I mean, it's text, but it's also just a big video platform. <laughs> it really is more and more, you know, more what? And more. yeah, I, I'm finding that more and more emails I'm getting from people are a, a, a six word sentence with a link to a video. And Absolutely. I will open and enjoy those more than something that is 50 pages long. <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah. Certainly, certainly a well-curated video, you know, will get a lot of information out there. And there there is something uh, when, like, I I feel nauseated when I see just a body of text in one big, one big chunk of text. There are certain emails that I'm just like, I open the email, I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but, um, (laughs) 
but also but what we are what we are finding also with the videos is that the the attention span for the videos is kind of diminishing right. as you see this the success of things like snapchat and yeah the, the old success of the things like vine and yeah. you know these kinds of platforms where it's like okay guys 60 second video and that's that's we're basically training ourselves for a 60-second video, short attention span. Tell me what you want to tell me and then move on because I, there's another video I want to watch right after yours. Exactly. But then that's a different attitude to a family video. It is a different that attitude. That is different. That is the commercial crazy cat video world, which yes, we all right. get into, I have to confess. I, I love cat videos. <laughs> there's a buddy of mine who keeps sending them to me for my coffee breaks. Yeah, my coffee breaks. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> but if it's a family story... And if I am watching a video of some ancestor that whose blood runs through my veins, whose face right. I've got, that's right. Who I've got, it's like you gave me this these ears. That's I want right. To study you, you know, and you. That's right. In a good it, family story on video. It also one of the one of the most wonderful things would be seeing mannerisms that you're like. And so that it, you, you feel like you didn't come out of outer space. Yes, like, I belong here. Yeah, yeah. You see <laughs> this line. You're like, oh, I can draw a line from the way that your brain worked yes. to the way that my brain works. Yes. I see. I can see the, the progression. And so I didn't like the, the reason and the why behind some of the things that I do that seem abstract yeah. are maybe not as abstract as you think. And it, I don't know, it, it would just make you feel like you belong. Yeah, yeah that's it does. Cool. And even when you get down to the stories they tell and their beliefs and their ideologies, it's like, I agree with you. I agree. Yes. Yeah. That's why I believe what I believe, because two generations mm. back, this has been taught in our family. That's and right. It's kind of runs in your blood. Yeah. Or you can say it's a crazy ass idea. It's like, what? That's right. No, I mean, suddenly you start thinking differently. <laughs> that's right. If we had videos, if we had videos from like, uh, you know, a hundred years ago, some of the beliefs that came out back then, we'd probably be like, no, <laughs> access denied. No. I, can't, I can't go with you on this one. No, yeah, yeah. definitely an affair. An affair happened. Mm -mm. <laughs> Shame. Oh, fantastic. Now, Adrian, I'm going to ask you a tricky question, right? Right in the beginning, you said that one of the questions that you ask uh, people in the, the forget-me-not docs mm -hmm. uh, is... What are some life lessons that you would want to leave future generations? So, not your kids, because you can talk to them every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring. Or grandkids. You're going to meet your grandkids. And no, 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 A life lesson for your great, 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 great grandkids. So, yeah. let's say 100 years from now. Yeah. What message would you want to leave them? Okay. So, I will say this. I, I have a little book. Uh, because different lessons come at different times and they're, they're relevant to you at different moments. And there's this constant flow. So I have this book that's like a capture book that, because especially it, it accompanies my journal. Mm -hmm. Now you were like, what was your journaling process that you used? Oh, I use bullet journaling. I love bullet journaling. journaling. Oh, that's my right. God. It's full of pictures so, and paints and you name it. <laughs> yeah. So I absolutely can't do that. Right. I need, I need to have a special book on the side right. as I'm doing my regular journaling. If, if something comes up, this is my golden nugget journal. I like it. Okay. So, so these are, these are the lessons that I sort of throw into there. So I have a number of lessons and I would, I, I can't, I can't think of any like in the book right now, yeah. but I would go through that to have a look, but I will talk about a lesson that I was, that I was thinking a lot about last night. And I, and I, and I, and I have thought about over time and it's, it comes to me when, when I'm, when I'm directing an actor and the actor is like, and, it, and it's time for the performance to get to, you know, it's time for, for you to give this very specific performance. Mm -hmm. And let's say for instance, the, the, and now I'm dealing with, um, because I'm an independent filmmaker, often I'm dealing with non-professional actors. Mm -hmm. So people who do it on the side. Mm -hmm. So what you have is this is, let's say the performance requires, this is a hundred percent of what you have. Okay. Now, what almost always happens is people will give you 55, 60% okay. and they think that they're giving you a hundred percent. Right. They don't realize 
that there's another 40% left on the table that they haven't accessed. Okay. So currently I'm reading this book and this is exactly what this guy said. Now he, this, this, this book that I'm reading, the guy is a runner and it's more to do with athletics and it's more to do with breaking your physical boundaries. But what he talks about is that everybody, even the people running the marathon, what you're giving and he actually uses 40 percent. he says well you think you're giving 100 percent, but you're giving 40 percent. and he, he says it's in every aspect of life in your work aspect in your you know when you when any endeavor that you're undertaking you give what you feel is 100 percent, but it's actually 40 percent of your capabilities mm -hmm. and all of us are leaving 60 percent on the table so if i were to leave a message right now the message that is fresh in my brain is that we have the capability to do 60% more than we're actually doing. You, you feel like you're going at 100%, but you're not. No. You're not even close. You are actually comfortable and plodding along through your daily life, yeah. just, just doing your thing, being happy, going for walks, doing the thing. And that's fine. But don't be under the illusion that you're giving 100% because you're not. And I would say what I would say is you're capable of giving so much more than you are giving. Like, and, and this is a man, this is a tough, when I looked in the mirror, probably about six months ago. And I said to myself, you know, when things started to turn around for me, mm. I said, you want these things, you want these goals, you, you have these aspirations, but you're not really trying, not Really, if people were to ask you, you would say, yeah, I'm trying. Of course, I, whenever I get a gap, I'm, I'm doing it. But not really. The truth, the truth is not really. So you have more to give. You're leaving it on the table. Your dreams are there to, be, to get got by you. But you've got to give it more percentage and you have more to give. Oh, oh you're, kid, you're, you're four generations <laughs> in that are going to listen to this because this this audio is going to into our family archive. Oh, very good. Very oh, good. Evans is going to our family archive. <laughs> the special label is like, listen to the end, people, because this is the philosophy with which you have to live life. You were only giving 40%, you've got another 60% to give. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> because it's, it's, it, it's all a psychological barrier. It's all psychological. Like, and I will tell this from, and I've known, and I've known this since, like, internally i've known this for years yeah. because if i because i would do a lot of physical activity and particularly i did gymnastics and they would say you know get down and give me 30 push-ups hmm. do you know when you get tired 25 get down and give me 50 push-ups do you know when you get tired and you can't do anymore 45 yeah right you're, you you decide when you're going to get tired and so that that is actually part of the reason like when you break through that, when you're like, I can't go any further mm -hmm. and you do actually break through and you do actually push further psychologically and mentally, that's one rep. You've mm -hmm. done a rep where you've proved you've broken through your own barrier and now you have a new foundation. You have a new base mm -hmm. and or, with which to operate off of. And, you know, you want to do something, give it. Give it the juice. Give it more than the 40% than you're giving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, all right. I feel like I've been told. <laughs> well, in telling you, I'm telling myself. Exactly. In, in, exactly. And you're I, telling your kids and you're telling the grandkids. That's, right. and that's, that's how we pass on these messages, right? We have these conversations and we that's store right. them in a way that people can access them. So that, and that's what the family story and the recording, because it's not just your story, it's your opinions and your views and your thoughts mm -hmm. and your ideas and your philosophies. That is what it is you're saving. Because whether that's it's right. a video or whether it's a book, if you just put the dates and the facts of what you did day by day, yeah, you get pretty bored pretty quick. It that's is, right the personality and the depth and the passion and the beliefs. Right. These are the things, the, the intangibles yeah, that yeah, yeah. really, it's like, who is this person? And when that's you, right. this kind of thing, that's who that person is. Now I know you. The fact that I share, we share ears. So what? Aha. I know you because of what you believe and what you think. That's right. And the most important part of any story, and, I, and we say this whenever we're building a movie or building a story of any kind, is don't worry about the what. Worry about the who. Because that's what people watch. Yeah. The, the what will change. Yeah. The what changes all the time. What the movie is about, 
doesn't matter. Yeah. But the who, if yeah. that, if you like the who, yeah. you will watch any what. That's right. That is so true. That is so true. It's always the character. And does the character persevere? What is it? So what the, what the character is faced with is almost irrelevant. Are they going to win? Are they going to persevere and get through it? Yeah. And who is this person you're looking at? And do you like, do you root for them? Do you care about them? Do you, do you want them to succeed? Yes. And uh, I mean, if you root for them and if you like them and you love watching them, then it doesn't matter what happens day to day. And a perfect example is just the sitcom world. Yeah. You know, you watch The Office. Yes. Anything could happen in The Office, but, but it's, really? the, it's the people. <laughs> yeah. It's the people. And that's what makes it successful is that group of people and that dynamic. And that's why, you know, we love it so much because different things happen every single week. Yeah. <laughs> different what's all the time. But the who keeps us coming back. That's right. Ah. And so that's, what, that's what's important. It's the who. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And so when you're telling your... Yeah, that's actually a very good yeah oh, these show notes i'm going to put this in the show notes as well it is exactly when you're when you're creating your family story because i think people do get stuck on that they get stuck on the details and the facts and instead of thinking about the what if they begin to think more about the who mm -hmm. now it is more difficult if you're doing ancestral stories you don't necessarily right. know the who you have to guess what they might have thought um, yeah. and imagine how they might have felt um, so you don't know that, but we have an opportunity now to rectify that because we now have a greater understanding. We have a greater longevity of what we can do with our recordings mm -hmm. and record who we are That's right. instead of just what That's we right. do. And so it's that way to change our mindsets. That's right. And I would also say that the who comes out, if you sit someone in front of a video and you get them to start telling you about their life story, mm the who will come out yeah. in their telling of the story yeah. because you'll hear them laugh because you'll hear them pause. You hear them stutter. You yeah. you'll hear the words and you'll get the information of the story, yeah. but you'll also see the person. And, and like, like we say all the time, like probably the most important thing in one of these legacy videos that we ever record is when the person laughs yeah. like that kind of thing. You just, well, when they laugh and you see the sparkle in their eye and you see the joy that they have for life and um, you really get a sense of who that person is and it is really important. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now, Adrian, oh my gosh, we could chat forever and we often do. <laughs> how do people get in touch with you? If they want to find out what you're doing and how do, if they want to, if somebody is in, in New Zealand mm -hmm. and they want to work with you or in Canada or anywhere in the mm -hmm. world and they want to work with you, how do they find you? They would go to fableforestfilms.com or the films with an S. Yeah, that's right. Or you just type in Fable Forest Films into Google and we'll just pop up there. Yeah. And uh, there's a contact, there's a contact page and everything goes through the website. We are, we had a very fortunate period of work. So yes. we are doing a, a website rebuild Yay! with a wonderful professional lady. And um, so, you know, things are on the up and up. But that is where you'd find everything. The TV shows, we, that's where we run. We run our whole lives out of that website. So. Okay. So depending on when you go and find that website, it might be you, you either get in touch through the contact form or there might be a page dedicated to family, the docs. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Um, that page is under construction still. Uh, but what I would say, there's a contact form. You just, just reach there. out and just chat and... All right. I will then put the link to the website, but also direct link to the contact form and people can get in touch with you from there. 100%. That comes straight to me. Straight to you. That's right. And <laughs> this is a, this is a, an important aspect of our business. The size of the business, you know, you're talking with me, you're talking with my partner, Jason, or you're talking with Derek. And those are the three guys and those are the people in the business and that's who you talk to. Ah, that's so good. I love that. The personal touch, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It is. And we care. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to hit you on the head until you know that we care. <laughs> we care, we care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Adrian, it was so good, good, good to talk to you about this. Thank you very much. Folks, that's it from Waffle Free Storytelling today. This is the third uh, episode in the Waffle Free Family series. The next conversation I am going to be having with Marianne Bear, who's a psychotherapist. Oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be an incredible, crazy oh conversation. Goodness. She is going to be talking about uh, how to write a, a family story where there might still be conflict that is yet to be resolved. Oh, oh I know, right? 
<laughs> so I'm kind of preparing myself for this one because it's going to be because this happens. This 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 happens when yeah. you create a family story. You whether there is a long lying secret in the family or, uh, or or just a conversation that really should be had but was never had or conflict between siblings or something mm-hmm. that is never talked about. If you wanting to write your family or your personal story and include that, do you just go regardless of anybody's feelings and write it? I mean, because the whole aim you would think is to create something that isn't going to do further damage. So how do you handle the writing of a personal and family story if there is unresolved conflict within the family? That's what we're going to talk about. Mm. And I'm going to cry. (laughs) 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 That's it. All right, folks. All of the information is in the show notes. Uh, All the links to everything Adrian is doing um, with with the, the key message of uh, you make sure that all of your digital stuff is in the cloud and on a hard drive and in a shared area that everybody can access. Uh, always think that if uh, you're going to get hit by something heavy and fast, <laughs> other people can get this incredible data that you have collected. And also, I think the biggest thing I'm taking out of your chat is the who, not the what. I love that. I love that so much. So I'll yep. put a reminder of that in the show notes too. All right, beautiful people, hug the people you love. And uh, as always, every Saturday, there's going to be a new fable from Waffle Free Storytelling. And uh, every two or three weeks, I'm finding the Waffle Free families, uh, family shows are, are um, being loaded up. So good to talk. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time. Bye bye now. <laughs>